And I, I prayed every night. Uh, the first, he, he said, what are you doing? He didn't believe I was going to church. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. And he'd like, and I prayed every night at midnight. I prayed the first hour of every day until he got saved. Words fall short, but I am sure they'll never be anyone like you. You're strong like your father. Are you in need of a passport in a hurry? Look no further. Global Passport Express is here to help. With our efficient and reliable services, we can process your passport in as quick as seven days. That's right, just seven days. And that's not all. We specialize in visas for many countries, including popular destinations like China, India, and so much more. Whether you're planning a family vacation, a business trip, or your next mission trip, Global Passport Express is your one-stop solution for all your passport and visa needs. So why wait? Reach out to us today at 210-375-7525 to speak with one of our friendly and knowledgeable representatives. They will guide you through the process and answer any questions you may have. You can also visit our website at www.globalpassportexpress.com. For more information and to start your application online, it's quick, easy, and convenient. Mention this ad and receive 10% off any of our services. Don't let time constraints hold you back from your travel dreams. Trust Global Passport Express to deliver your passport fast, hassle-free, and with a smile. Global Passport Express, your passport and visa experts. Get ready to explore the world. Well, this I'm is a blessing already. to be able to talk to you, Miss Connie. Thank uh, you. <laughs> it's so fun to be around you guys at this yeah. special time of year. Yeah. I, I, what I was curious when when Pastor was was driving us around, um, he he talked about how uh, after you had got married, that he brought you back to this small town Illinois, and it was quite a shock for you. Yes, it was. Do you remember what that was like? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we what had you? no bathroom, no. Barely any running water. We had an, like an outside faucet in the kitchen. We had to take our baths in a galvanized big tub. And uh, we didn't have a bathroom. We had an outhouse. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was a big adjustment for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because even in Portland, we had facilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite an adjustment. And did you have the, the kids at that time? No. That was before the kids. I was pregnant when he brought me here. And then I, about three months later, I had Brad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so life in small town Illinois, and you must have loved Pastor a lot to come to a place like this. 
I did. <laughs> and I I actually love this place. Do you? I, not now. No. Oh, not then. <laughs> I'm sorry. Then I love this place. Because eventually, at first I didn't like it. And then uh, I left him and went back to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, he come back to Oregon to get me. And we came back and lived here uh, for a while. And I liked it because I finally, at first all the people he knew, and I knew nobody. Mm-hmm. And it was always them talking back and forth. I kind of and felt like an outsider. I was an outsider. Right. But when I came back, um, I made friends with some people, and uh, I learned to love, because I, in Oregon, we moved all the time. And so I never had any lasting friends, but here I, I made them. Wow. So yeah. we, we drove by the little church building where, where you got saved. Can yeah. You, can you share what you remember from that? Oh, yeah. Um, what God was moving. <laughs> what can I say? Um, I got saved um, a few months, actually in the year before Jay, our pastor got saved. And... Um, so you were, the pastor kind of described that you, that you were looking for something. You were kind of spiritually hungry. Right. All my life I was like that. And um, I knew there was a God. I didn't know anything about Jesus to speak of anyway. And uh, when I went to this church, I got saved. Do you remember and, who invited you? Yes, I do. It was Emma Sullivan. And uh, she's not living now, but she um, had... I'll cry. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. I can edit. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) She had four kids that burn up in the fire. Oh, no. (laughs) And they live right down the street from us here. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about it. No, that's okay. And they live... They bathed with my kids. They ate at the table with us, and they. Uh, what a tragedy! Anyway, finally, Emma kept telling me how beautiful heaven was going to be. Oh, and this was before you were saved. Yeah. Wow. And uh, she told me, <coughs> you know, meeting her kids again and in heaven, and uh, she just she just kept telling me the streets of gold and gates, but everything she said was just beautiful about heaven. Because she had just gotten saved, actually. And uh, anyway, it made me hungry for God. And I just, she wouldn't invite me to church right off. And I kept thinking, why won't she invite me? And I wouldn't go unless I was invited. (laughs) So on a Wednesday, she invited me to church, to prayer meeting. And the pastor didn't even show up. Um, His wife kind of took over the situation a little bit. And another lady in the church kind of preached. And so they said, let's let's all come around the altar and pray. And then my thinking, you know, in Rome, do as Romans do. <laughs> so I went up front and never even, never even thought about getting saved. But I started to pray, and then somebody else, one of my other friends, she came over by me and uh, said, you want me to help you pray? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You want to get the tissue? 
It's all emotional. Yeah, it's okay. Sorry. That, um, so this was what, what was? Do you remember what year it was? Uh, seventy, I guess. Seventy. Pastor said he got saved in seventy-one, so it was seventy that I got saved, nineteen seventy. So we're talking about fifty-three years ago. Yeah. And the emotions are still real for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we um. Anyway, I prayed with my friend, and she started telling me. Tell Jesus that you love him, you're, you know, forgiving and forgive you and all that stuff. And I did. I got up from the altar. I thought there was a bubble of light around me. Wow. I'm in this, I'm in this bubble. I came home even and I told Joe, I said, can't you see this bubble of light around me? He was still a sinner. And he's, I think he said no, or <laughs> He might have, I don't know what he said. I forgot that part. He told me he was even mocking you. Yeah, he yeah. mocked me, but I didn't worry about it. But then I backslid. Okay. Uh, a couple of months after, because he kept going out on the weekends and leaving me home, and I couldn't stand that. I had to be with him, and so I went back out. And then the devil spoke to me. Because the next day, after the first time I went out with Pastor, he said, I don't want you on my conscience. He said, you're not going out with me again. Mm. And I said, yes, I am. And I thought, the devil spoke to me and said, if you keep going out with him, he'll get saved because he don't want you on his conscience. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that sounds like a good strategy. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it was. Well, what, what was what was your relationship with him like at the time? Was there trouble between the two of you? Uh, no, not. No, I mean, but off was, and on, I I had I had a spirit of running away as a kid. Okay. And after we got married, I ran away three different times. Really? Yes. And uh, sounds like he had the spirit of chasing you. Yeah, <laughs> and he chased me down every time. And uh, no, I come back home and begged to come back home the last time. Mm-hmm. And he said we could try it. But so, what was the? How long was it between the time that you got saved and the time that he came to church and got saved? Well, when I finally got my heart really right yeah. it was just a couple of months okay okay but god has spoke to me to pray and fast uh but fast the evening meal was all and pray the first hour of every day so i got up at midnight went to church wow with a friend of mine she went with me and uh, i prayed here i'm pointing talk mm-hmm. of a man well, and it's right uh, down the street there <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and I I prayed every night. Uh, the first, he said, "What are you doing?" He didn't believe I was going to church, and I said, "I'm going to pray for you." And he'd like, and I prayed every night at midnight. I prayed the first hour of every day until he got saved. Wow! And uh, that was getting up out of bed at midnight and leaving and and uh, and praying. But um, did it? Um, do you think that it, it caused any friction between the two of you when you were saved and he wasn't? Just the fact that I felt lonely because he was still doing his thing, and now I was saved doing something else. Right. And uh, you're kind of on two different paths at that point. Yeah, but it, you know, I just prayed and thought I want him to get saved, and yeah. and I was totally shocked when he did. 
because he he was a fighter. He carried a gun. He was he was even getting to where he was mean to his friends. We were remodeling some of the house, and uh, he'd almost cuss them out when they come over for helping him. And uh, I knew something was up then. And then the church went to another church. Uh, they were having a revival. And several couples were going, and I told Pastor, I want you, all of us kept telling him, we want you to go, to go. can you, you know, invite you and go. And he said, uh, no, I'm not going. Go invite somebody for supper. So I did, and then I come back. But they had an attitude when I invited them. And I told him that, uh, I, when I told him they had an attitude, he was like, well, go tell them not to come. <laughs> and so uh, so I had to go back and tell them we're not. I, because, and I said, what am I supposed to tell them? That you're going to church with me? And he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. to get out of the dinner, <laughs> yeah. you told him, that you're gonna, okay, you got to come to church with me then. And that, that's how it came. No, that's not exactly how okay. I said it. I just said, do you, uh, should I tell her that oh, you're going? Oh, just as a cover story. Yeah, so oh, can wow. I tell her that you're going to church with me? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, well, but I, I think that our pastor had a lot to do with it because we had a new pastor in between all this. And uh, he was young, and that really impressed pastor that a young man would be a preacher. Mm. And he came down and prayed for pastor too. And He's that, the one that, that was, was preaching. Jones. Yeah, Ron okay. Jones. And... Uh, Anyway, he went to church with me that night. We sat on the back row, of course. And the pastor that was there, um, I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, he he walked back to the seat where we were sitting and asked pastor to come pray if he'd like to. Mm. And pastor said, yeah. And he, said he prayed the prayer of a child, and from there on, he's been saved. Was it a, an instant radical change? Yeah, it was. But he, um, we came home that night, and the next morning, some of his buddies come over, said, "We heard you got saved." You know, little towns news travels fast, and uh, Pastor said, uh, "Yeah, I got Jesus," and uh, from there on, he was a total different man. I would even, at first, I would get embarrassed in church when he'd raise his hands because I thought, that's just not him. Really? <laughs> yeah. And uh, then he started going around town. He'd walk in on, he'd know where all the poker games were and that kind of stuff. And he'd walk in and he'd just slap a flyer down in the middle of the table and tell him about Jesus. And he said, I'm not doing it anymore. Wow. He got, he got bold very quickly, huh? Yes. And every morning before church, Sunday morning, they went to the lake and they preached to the fishermen and the boaters and whatever. And um, but he he got yeah he just got into it. We we were only in church two years when another pastor invited him to be assistant pastor, mm -hmm. and so he said yes. And we went up there, and uh, we were there. I don't know. Maybe a year. I don't. I'm not sure now. I, I forget. We moved into the attic of the church, 
And um, uh, we've, we've heard Pastor Campbell talk about this story quite a bit, but I don't yeah. think I've ever heard you talk about it. Yeah. What was that like for you? It was fine. We, we bought our own carpeting and put it down and it was nicer than what we were living in down here. <laughs> <laughs> it was an upgrade for you. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, we never heard that side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, well, it, he gets. He used to get mad at me if I'd say anything about his home living oh, yeah, really? and growing up. Yeah, like he, was, he was embarrassed about it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He used to get mad at me for it, but because he, we were married a year before I met his family for his mother and really? dad, and he'd never told me about them being poor or living. He told me they had a house here and one in Chicago and. They had a balcony on the lake and, you know, all this stuff, and none of it was true. Wow. So after a year, his aunt told me, and so he said, yeah, it's true. And uh, something I was going to say, and I forgot. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss Connie, you, you have been such a such a pillar of faith yeah. uh, as long as I've, I've known you and my wife and, you know, other yeah. ladies in the church, and I... I guess uh, I would love to hear, you know, what, what kind of advice you would give to somebody, a pastor's wife or, or anybody who's in the faith and, and maybe going through some struggles because you've had plenty oh. of struggles that you've had to go through also. It would depend on what they were going through, of I course. suppose. Yeah. That would be. Uh, but to because Pastor Campbell has, has the pulpit and he has the spotlight a lot, right. I guess my question would be, what's, what has been your way of supporting him? Uh, in his position? Not being a preacher. Yeah. <laughs> and not telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some women go out and then they, they want to overpower their husband. And I think that's probably the best thing I ever did. Uh, it's not over, Even when he first got saved, I felt in my own spirit, don't tell him everything you know mm-hmm. because he needs to lead me. Not me leading him. You gave him a lot of space. I did. Yeah. And uh, tell him women, um, uh, like I said, it'd be what their situation was. Like, you know, somebody's come to us, they lost a child. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It's a soft spot for you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The older I get, the softer it gets. Mm -hmm. But... You know, they'll come and ask my advice, what we did. You know, I just said, even the same week that we buried, the same week that we buried her, we were starting a conference. Right. We went to conference. We never put, we always kept God first. We decided from the very beginning, we didn't, sorry, my nose (laughs) itch. He, uh, we didn't, Oh, I can't think what I was going to say. We didn't. Uh, it's like you didn't. God was first, no matter what. It, she was God's child first, and then ours. Yeah. And so He could take her if He wanted to. But <laughs> I'm sorry. The <laughs> year before she died, I had my last child, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was J. Rell, yeah. yeah, a girl, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, she. Uh, I know it was God that gave her to me. She was like the she saved us through a lot, 
because she was only a year old when Gail died. Mm-hmm. You had something you had to take care of. Yeah. I mean, I had to. I had to change diapers. I had to make formula. I had to love her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew God knew that. He gave her to me before he took the other one. And uh, it just always... Anyway, we treated her like an angel. <laughs> Still do, probably. <laughs> but she really saved us a lot by having her. Well, I know she's a big blessing in your life now. Oh, she is. She's always been a blessing. I can think of no time that that child was never a blessing. But sometimes she wishes she wasn't. I think, <laughs> you know, I'm still mom, and yeah. I, I tell her when she's driving, do this or do that. When you're driving, do this. And she'll say, Mom, I'm 40 years old now, <laughs> and I know how to drive. <laughs> but I still tell her she'll always be my kid. So when Pastor Campbell was driving me around a minute ago, he, he mentioned something several times that caught my attention. He said that, uh, for example, when, when the opportunity for you to go to Malaysia, yeah, and he came to talk to you about it, yeah. And immediately you said, okay, if it's God, let's do it. Yeah. And I think he mentioned it uh, about taking the church in Chandler. And he, he came to talk to right. you and said, you said, if it's God, then let's do it. Yeah. And that seems like a, a common theme from you. Yeah. Where do, where I've always, think? whatever we, we he wanted to do or needed to do. Sorry. It's okay. I don't know how to turn it's it okay. off. It's Maybe good. I did. <laughs> So, so um, where, where do you think that, that that immediate willingness to to do the will of God? How, how did where did that come from? Um, I don't know. I'm, just I'm, always, just saying, I'm asking because that's not so automatic for everybody else, right? It was for me. I just uh, I always believed the man was the head of the home, and you follow him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't follow you. You follow him. Since well, I was a little kid. I tell you what, that has been a, such a blessing, even for me and my wife, Taya, yeah. because she f- follows your example. Oh, good. And I, I'm sure she's not the only one. That, that, yeah. that, that willingness that you have has, has played out uh, yeah. from everybody who has been saved and discipled in Chandler. And, and I guess well. as a pastor that benefits from that, I, I want to say thank you on behalf of everybody oh. who has... Well, have, thank have you. a wife with that same spirit. It's amazing. Thank you for saying that, but I'm sure not everybody's following. <laughs> well, there's there's many. Yeah. And it's a high percentage, I'm sure. Yeah. So you you have a great um you have a great legacy. Oh. Good. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Do you have any other interesting stories from around the property here that, that from around the share? property or from uh, around this area? I don't know, because we were mostly sinners here. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, well, um, what what about from, from Chandler? I guess uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people from the Chandler Church are going to watch this. And, and uh, the, the relationship between you and the, the Chandler Church has been miraculous for 40 plus years. It's, it's been good. Sure. I love the church. I love the people. I love what, you know, God's doing and I'm, and I just, I tell them whenever, wherever I have to testify uh, how much I love them and it's always about 
all I can say. I love you guys. It doesn't matter what you do or what you say. And even when you get upset, we still love you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't mind. You know, we love you as much as we did before. So, mm-hmm. it, was it a was it an adjustment for you when? Because um, there there was many years that obviously you were very involved in all of the ministries yeah. and everything that's happening, music and right. finances and. And there was a time that you kind of had to start taking a step back away from those things, and that was uh, adjustment. Yeah, as I got older, I uh, started stepping back from, you know, like the office, and yeah. I turned it over to Cynthia. And then... Uh, was that was that tough for you to let some of those things go? It was. Yeah. Not at first. It was kind of like a relief, yeah, almost at first. And then it was like, you know, now... It's, I almost feel like nobody sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Because <clears throat> um, I had to turn everything over. Yeah. I just, I can't do it anymore. But. Well, you, you have, uh, you have so, so much, mm-hmm. just, just for remaining steadfast in your faith is such a gift. Yeah. To everybody that's around you, and so you yeah, should be thank encouraged. You. Yeah, I can. I can still do that, <laughs> but um, I, I just I can't run around and do stuff. I have to use a wheelchair. Or I use a walker at home and the mm-hmm. wheelchair at church. Yeah. But uh, um, it's like you know, I, I can remember jumping up out of my seat and running back and telling ch- children's church you're too loud or I can't do even that anymore. Yeah. So it's like, um, and a lot of things, pastor has took over a lot of house duties, which I feel really bad for. Oh, you shouldn't. You you did it for plenty of years. That's what he said. (laughs) I took care of him for 70 years. Now he can take care of me. So, um, but, uh. I just I hate for him to have to do it. I don't feel like it's his place, mm-hmm. and um, you know I I just I can't do nothing. <laughs> well, so. you you've done so much. I think yeah. it's, a, it's such a gift. I, I was just one more question, and I, I wanted to ask you uh, of all of the the many adventures you've had in faith. Uh, one of them I remember is when you you came to Bulgaria for us. Oh, oh, that was such a wild time. Yeah. But do you do you have any particular uh, adventures that that stand out in your mind from your time in the ministry? Places that you've been, or probably most of them. Really, I love. I I sit down every once in a while and think how blessed we are for to get to do so much, see so much of the world. Mm-hmm. And I said, Pastor travels all the time, so I've never counted the countries he's been in, but more than, and I've been in at least 30. Wow. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, I, I never thought I'd get to go to Mexico, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, God has really blessed us. And, um, we're really, really thankful. Yeah. Yeah, and what Pastor Campbell was explaining is that that blessing was not a, a no cost. That there was there was generosity throughout the years, and your giving, yeah. and you're yeah. being willing to sow into other people's yeah. lives. And, and and I I tell women that you need to you know tithe and give, 
And I always do that. I, everything. I tithe. I, uh, a lot of people think, well, if you get a money gift, you don't have to tithe on it. That's that's wrong. I tithe on it, plus I give on it. Um, he, pastor does. Pastor's very uh, grateful. And he he's a real dad to a lot of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Including <laughs> so, me, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate your openness and your honesty. Okay, well, thank you. Just edit all that out. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Like there's nothing to lose. You're my unsung hero. And I sing this song for you. Hi, I'm Mike Ashcraft, pastor currently in Van Nuys, California. Pastor, man of God, your wife left everything to follow you in your dream. Are you going to leave her with nothing? The Bible says he who doesn't provide for his own is worse than an unbeliever and has denied the faith. As men of God, we're ready to stand before God due to tragedy at any moment's notice. But what about our families? What happens to them if we were to die? there's an easy financial solution so that they don't have to go through poverty or destitution. Call me today, 310-403-6471. That's 310-403-6471.